Welcome to this edition of The Blind Podmaker, coming to you from uh, the clubhouse room, the, po- the Blind Podmaker Club, and it's The Blind Podcaster's Round Table. Jonathan Mosen with you, and it's great to have you with us today. As you will have heard recently from episode 21 of The Blind Podmaker, CleanFeed has put high-quality remote audio in the hands of everyone from radio networks with massive budgets to small niche indie podcasters like us and because of the way it works you can use it for live scenarios as well not just podcasting all on a service that is screen reader friendly many would give them top marks for what they have achieved and that's appropriate because both of the clean feed founders happen to be called mark we've got mark hills and mark backhouse from clean feed welcome to you both really great to have you joining us Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for the thanks for the intro. <laughs> thanks for having us. We love Clean Feed, so it, it, I know there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm about this. Let's begin at the beginning. You guys were both audio nerds, weren't you, before Clean Feed began? How did you kind of find each other? Well, it goes back a few years, actually. I was writing software. So I'm Mark Hill. So I was writing software for um, uh, for doing remote audio over the internet. But it wasn't necessarily that, you know, it was quite techy and sort of Linux based. And so it was through that that I got introduced to Mark, who was using some of the software for, I think it was a community station at the time. Is that right, Mark? Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, we were trying to out, it's a funny story, our satellite feed for our news fell over. And so I thought, oh, I've got a satellite at my home. How can I get that live back to the studio? And that's where I came across Mark's software which is great. Because you'd need ISDN connections, you'd need all sorts of fancy things in those days, really. And it was out of reach of many people, wasn't it? And fiddly technology. Yeah. And um, and the, the, the precursor to even those software solutions was I was doing sort of student radio or college radio. Um, and we used to do outside broadcasts using transmitters, using good old um, sort of radio transmission masts and things. So um, I had this dream back then that uh, that this thing called the Internet could be used to stream audio and do it live and do it in two directions. And it was the years after that where I developed the basic software and um and then, yeah, when Mark and I got together, it was then that we sort of started to form this idea of what if this software was um, available to everybody? Um, yeah. We knew that we had really good uses for it in things like radio broadcast, but what could we do with this technology if it was in the hands of, of more people? Um, and so CleanFeed in its initial sort of web-based, uh, the web-based versions um, sort of appeared probably five, six years ago maybe now. And uh, yeah, it yeah. all went from there really. And this is an example of where technology has really caught up with your ambitions, isn't it? Because even in that short space of time, people's internet connections have become more robust with fiber increasingly available around the place and 5G connections, which reduces latency. And of course, then you've had the pandemic, which I imagine meant that many people were turning to clean feed to just keep the the virtual lights on, as it were. Yeah, that was a, I think, obviously, it was a surprise to everybody. Um, it was a surprise to us, but it didn't, um, we, we've, we've said that it sort of accelerated the plan that we had for our business. So it didn't necessarily change us or give us anything we didn't expect. I think we, we hoped and expected that people would, uh, would um, come around to the potential of using audio remotely, and that you didn't have to be in the same room. I suppose we just didn't expect it to be forced quite so quickly uh, over such a short period. But but yeah, we we expected that that to happen eventually. That was all part of the dream, I guess. And um, and yeah, so I jo- I think I joked uh, last year that 
my joke previously was always that one day we'll do the breakfast show from somebody's house. Mm. And uh, about this time last year, I don't know how many breakfast shows we were powering from people's houses, but it was quite a lot. Yeah, it's crazy to think about that so many people (laughs) have managed to do it. How have you won the confidence of such big names in the industry? Because there are some pretty big names using Clean Feed, and they don't mess around. They need to know that this thing is going to work. It's going to be reliable. It's not going to let them down. That is a real feather in your cap that you've been able to win the confidence of some of these big players. I think a lot of the groundwork that we started to do was in the broadcast area to begin with. And I think that may have given us our good firm footing in in the industry and what people were looking forward to using next and they came across clean feed and what we were doing and thought ah this is going to fit the bill whilst we start to you know in, i think in their heads take away um something called isdn which required a lot of hardware a lot of expensive lines and we were starting to fulfill the requirements of a cheaper solution and a newer solution as that technology isdn was was disappearing that was probably the the earlier days, I would have, would have A bit said. of it's to do with our background, isn't it, Mark? Because um, we we had both come from a radio engineering background and you get to um, broadcasters, you know, quite used to these hardware boxes to do things. So when, when we came along with CleanFeed, I don't think we did say, look, this is amazing, it's just perfect, it's just better than all your hardware boxes, you need to do it now, get rid of that old stuff. We, we shared the same scepticism about using software and using the internet to do this as a lot of our customers and, and users did. Um, so in a way, I think we were best placed to reach out our hand and say, look, it's going to be an interesting journey, but it's definitely going to happen as this journey. We're definitely, you are definitely going to be moving to software-based. And um, so, so why not you know, reach out our hand and come along with us and, and let's do this journey together. So, um, yeah, I think that made it... Uh, it we we were sort of relating to 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 a field that we actually we understood so we weren't we weren't overselling it either we were definitely saying yeah let's let's treat this with caution but let's yeah, come with us yeah i understand some of the challenges faced by getting people on tv during the pandemic uh, and you know you <laughs> have heard some yeah. really awful quality stuff come through there where people are a squillion miles away from the microphone that's built into their webcam and it sounds like they could be talking in the shower or the bathroom or something like that. What interests me is that when you're doing an audio-only interview, really those problems have persisted and broadcasters, I guess, are just so desperate for content that they haven't really been able to say, look, this audio's not usable. Don't you even have a USB headset or whatever? It's, it's, it's a pandemic in itself, isn't it? Some of the audio quality we've put up with in the last year has been atrocious. Yeah, you've got to... Um, there is a certain aspect... There's a certain set of people who use CleanFeed, and, and I think they're like, you know, maybe the three of us now. I suspect the quality probably doesn't come through on Clubhouse to the audience because Clubhouse will be throttling the quality here. But, mm. but Jonathan and Mark and myself, we're all hearing each other in full quality through our headphones as if we were in a studio together. So we see that CleanFeed, um, there's sort of two segments to what goes on there. There's people with good quality equipment who've spent a bit of time setting it up. But then there still is this need to ad hoc interview somebody who is um who is on the line and i can see the conundrum that a lot of broadcasters around the world have had which is you you do want that content and and also people are 
comfortable if they're speaking to you over a system that they know and feel comfortable with. So, you know, even in the even in the simplest case, if I were to interview, say, one of my elderly relatives, it might actually be better over the phone because they're comfortable in that environment. And if the audio quality is good enough, it gives them a familiarity that means they're more likely to open up. Okay. And and that's been a thing with clean feed for us. There's been this aspect of rapport with other people. Um, that if you can get good quality down the line, you can um, you can then engage with somebody in a much more personal way uh, than if you're doing it over a sort of yeah, as you say, one of these kind of glitchier conferencing softwares or those those kind of things. When I talk with some podcasters which is what we're interested in here about clean feed. Some say, surely you just can't beat the double-ender type solution, those services where everything's recorded locally and then uploaded to a central point because you can't get better than local audio. How do you respond to those podcasters? I think we've given um, people the chance to experience this high quality live. Um, And once you've experienced it, it... it's indistinguishable from something that's recorded locally. Um, And I think that's what gives this the edge where you can really tell when a guest arrives, if you don't think that they sound right from the offset, you don't have any guessing to do after the fact. Um, And you can do the adjustments before you interview and what you're hearing is what is being recorded. So it definitely alongside the rapport side of things where the low latency and you know even speaking on top of uh if there's more than two people in a in a session really gives that fluid and 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 good sense of communication in in what you're producing but yeah having that high quality live um again is is in this case is indistinguishable and i think people are they're missing out if they haven't tried it I think it's it, that's part of the aspect of being of the of what makes a professional tool here as well is is if you're a professional working in the audio field, you, quick turnaround times can often be important. You mentioned about the double ender recording, so traditionally where you'd record back in the old days, what you you telephone someone and have a cassette recorder recording at each side, and um, with that, there's always that little bit of praying, isn't there, that the recording is going to come out good, you know, and. Uh, that doesn't necessarily, there's a perception there that that's going to give better audio quality if we record separately. And I can totally see that. But uh, yes, if we can get great audio quality while you're, while we're speaking, then we're not just getting um, a great engagement with the person we're talking to, but we're also getting a confidence that we have the audio. And mostly we find with CleanFeed that you can make, if you're making a podcast and you can set the levels as you begin in the CleanFeed interface, um, set up the levels just like we've done here, then then what comes out in the recording is is actually almost good to go. Uh, you might want to do a tiny bit of editing or extracting the key segments that you that you think are really compelling compelling content. But um, but I think with the double the double ender recording, there's this idea that you're going to spend a lot of time assembling the end result, and that doesn't necessarily fit in a professional environment either. And or even if you're doing a podcast as a hobby, you know, if we can get you great recording. Um, if you can get you something fluid at the time that gives a great recording at the end, then then it's a huge time saver. 
I think also, too, for blind people who do a lot of internet radio, certainly in this audience, uh, you've got that live scenario as well, because with some of the double-ender services, you're getting this kind of low bit rate uh, latency challenge sometimes recording, or, or rather feed that you're listening to that doesn't sound like what you're going to get at the other end. So, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to know what yeah, you're going to get. Yeah, that's what we... That's what we don't believe in, because because in the same ways you've throttled the audio quality, you've actually throttled the, the interview, the quality of the content, because you can't hear somebody's reaction to how they feel about something. You know, you, you can hear me if I sigh or, you know, maybe I maybe I just, you know, maybe I ease away from the microphone or you, you've got all these elements that actually... Um, they are bandwidth they are they are communication information that you're getting from me during the time that we speak so so yeah if you're if you're expected to do a do a conversation or an interview with low quality audio you lose that so when you reassemble the two parts from that you've recorded independently that's all great it gets back the audio quality but it doesn't get back the content quality can you give me a brief summary of the differences between the free version, which I have to say is incredibly generous? I mean, what blows me away about CleanFeed is that you can have a number of guests in a session and record them. You won't get the multi-track recording, obviously, but, but that's free. And you compare it with some of the alternatives where they'll time you out after 30 or 40 minutes or something. It's a really generous thing that you've done. But what are some of the key differences between premium and the free CleanFeed option? I think you probably summarised the key one. The key one of all there, the free offering is really generous. We wanted to do that because we want. We felt like we had something to give to the world, and we also felt that we were not going to totally comprehend how this could be used. So that's what the free version enables. We didn't want you to be looking over your shoulder, worried about hitting a recording time limit or anything. Um, so, so that's what we've done with free. If you upgrade, it's all about features. Okay, it's all about getting. Uh, multi-track, um, multi-track recording. There's extra routing options for the audio. There's extra level controls. Um, all the things that help you get professional results very quickly. Um, yeah. But yeah, You've got a good free version player as well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and you can incorporate audio clips and other things. So the the, the CleanFeed Pro becomes yeah more and more feature enabled, and um, but but still you can make as much recording as you like and within any technical limitations that you've got, you can record as many people as you like as well. Right, so clips are a premium feature. Yeah, that's it. So if you want to drop um, like an ident or a show introduction, you can actually play those in clean feed and everybody who's on the session will hear those. And it's, it's a super powerful and super simple way of, um, of, of, of doing that because otherwise it would involve some quite complex setup. So, yeah, so we just incorporated that as a feature. But the key one is this multi-track. A lot of podcasters are not necessarily seeing the be um, realising the benefits they can have from recording people into separate tracks. Um, we love it that you can get great results straight out of CleanFeed. But if you are dealing with people who've maybe got a slightly trickier recording environment, um, you know, maybe in the kitchen with the dog, with the refrigerator, all of these things, then um, the multi-track recording is the main feature that people tend to upgrade to CleanFeed Pro for. I won't uh, incriminate the guest in question, but I was interviewing a guest via CleanFeed. And every time I asked a question of this guest, I won't even use a gender pronoun, that's how well behaved I'm being. This guest <laughs> would decide to have a good old cough. I mean, they were listening to my questions, but they would have a good old cough every time I was asking a question. And okay. if it hadn't been for the clean feed multi-track, that interview would have been a mess. 
Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's someone's gone a little bit too far with the rapport, haven't they? You, you now fully under you fully understand the the level of their of their health at the end of that. But yeah, you were able to my Yeah, you were able to edit it out, and that's yes. and that's what counts, wasn't it? Yes. So yeah, in, if if a guest's um, with CleanFeed, we each have our own individual mute control. So if I did want to cough, I can actually I can mute myself. So again, this is as you get guests who are. Um, more familiar with using it maybe they do a lot of interviews or maybe they're a broadcaster themselves then then again yeah there's tools here for professionals to to to, to duck out if they need to cough i have a couple of questions from people who can't make it so i go through those the first is when you're recording if someone drops from the session and then reconnects what happens uh, so if you do that it will join them back onto the same track that they were recording on so you don't lose any audio there. Obviously, you don't record while they're not with you. But when they rejoin, they will rejoin on the same recording track as where they left. But also, let's emphasize that people dropping off the call isn't or shouldn't be a normal thing happening anyway. Um, right. I can see if someone has a power cut or loses their laptop or whatever. That's obviously, obviously going to happen. But yeah, if they do, they'll rejoin the same recording track. And the related question to that is, what happens if you start recording your clean feed session and then someone joins after you've started the recording? Is there another track created and is there silence at the beginning of that track? So it is exactly that. So if someone joins mid-session, it will create a new recording track for them. The file will, um, so we're into the, into the very much the details here. The file won't be prefixed with silence, but it will align at the end of the recordings. Okay. So when you drop them all into your DAW, you can see very clearly where that track was added by aligning all the recordings to the end. Okay. So you won't have a WAV file that, say, if somebody comes in, say, 14 minutes into the session, you won't have 14 minutes of silence at the beginning of that new participant. No, but you will still have perfect synchronization and perfect alignment with what's recorded. Okay. Next one. When... I've actually heard this from a couple of people. When will <laughs> CleanFeed work with Safari on the Mac? We don't want to install Chrome. Ah, okay, and and that's a very reasonable question. question. And I suspect from this, from 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 the blind community, I imagine there may even be screen reader requirement here with Safari. Is that something? Yeah, possibly. I'm I'm not sure how yeah. well Chrome is doing on the Mac actually these days. Yeah. Ah, okay, right. Where we don't deliver clean feed for certain browsers, it's not because of some choice or because we dislike the browser. It's because we're doing something that's quite technical. Yeah, exactly. I think we'd like to be fully 100% all features across all browsers. There's, there is no browser prejudice here. Um, what there is is the technical challenge of delivering something in some browsers. We've been patiently following the development of the Safari web browser. There's, there's a few things have to come together for clean feed to, to work. Um, we have to have the APIs available, so that means we have to have the sort of um, pieces of functionality in the browser that we can use to do low-level audio. Um, then we have to have that to be fully complete with all the features that we need across CleanFeed. And then finally, we have to have that working well, and that means with low latency, without glitches and those kind of things. So delivering all three of those, um, we've been following the development with Safari on both the desktop and on the iPhone. Um, it's and we patiently, yeah, that's it. We're, we're at a position where I think we need to, um, we'll have to see what happens this year. And um, 
and keep pushing for that. We 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 have a dialogue with Apple occasionally about you know okay this is this is the next thing needs to work and so on. Um, so but yeah, we don't publish a timescale for that. So right now the status is it's it's um, the 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 browser to use on the iPhone and the iPad is Safari, and it's feature limited. And so far, we haven't done any proclamation that it's ready on the desktop systems. That seems to have improved a bit, doesn't it? The, the Safari on the iPhone and iPad, when you first introduced it as a beta, it was kind of a bit glitchy at times, but now it seems to be much better than it was. Yes, I, I think that's a reasonable way of putting it. The, the thing that's missing now, though, is features. And um, there are still some crucial features that are missing that mean that we still label it as beta. Okay. Um, it, it's not to the standard, to the level of quality that, we, that we'd like, but we know that it's used regularly, day upon day, for guests on iPhones. We know that there can be um, issues accessing, I think, the headset mode, is that right, Mark? And, um, and, yeah. and we'd like to see it work with external devices as well. That's an important one to us, I think. Yeah, that's quite a big one, especially on, for iOS devices. I think it's also just worthwhile mentioning that this is... M- mainly the studio where the additional features we're looking for, for for these browsers. But for the guests, we're actually probably in a better position. That's why it is at the moment available for um, iOS devices on Safari. So um, two separate, uh, not features, yeah. but two separate things to think about. For, yeah, for there's guests. two separate questions here, aren't there? I yeah. think the, the person asking the question is going to care about Safari on the desktop. For the studio and, side, yeah. And, and, and if or when that happens, it's likely to be guests only to begin with. That's, yeah. how, that's how, how things will be introduced. We had a discussion with the developer of Backpack Studio a couple of weeks ago who's going with a remote solution. And what he found was that he couldn't have the control he wanted in terms of, as you say, having it work with external devices, the the full gambit, without developing his own app. An in-browser solution didn't cut it in terms of the quality that he was after. Is that something that you would consider a, a clean feed iOS app? So we, we have lots of things in R&D and in consideration. Um, we don't <laughs> an, yeah. announce things. We announce things. We tend, to keep, yeah, we tend to keep R&D a little private and announce things when they're ready to be announced. Right. I got so, it. Okay, uh, so as a product but, but, manager, but thing myself, that, a former product manager, I would say we don't oh, have anything uh, to announce today. Yes, <laughs> I suppose that, yes, that's tomorrow. probably the answer. I think, I think the thing is we're hugely supportive of the web. The web is about open technologies. And, and um, we... We published something recently because people were starting to say CleanFeed is Chrome only. And we've been nervous of that because it's important that we have these multiple web browsers. It's important that people have choice. And um, I don't think, even in our early days, we were only able, for technical reasons, we were only able to deliver CleanFeed on the Chrome browser. So we were very keen to break that. So we're hugely supportive of the web and open technology. And Apps are great and can be developed. They contradict that slightly. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's just something that we consider in the, in the process. And I think we all agree it's much easier to click a link and it opens yes. in your browser. Yes. So I think we're also quite fond of that and we don't want to add any, any adi- additional steps for someone to actually get going. I think the, the ease of, of which it you know works, that you open a link and, and you can speak to your... Um, your guests, I think, is is really important as well for us. It's very attractive, and I say this to people, that unfortunately not everybody in the world is an audio nerd. And when I reach out to people, they might be 
politicians or, or, or people just who don't care about audio, I can say to them, all, all you have to do is click this link I'm going to give you and preferably wear a microphone headset if you're coming in on a desktop platform and it will just work and it does. Yeah. And so I understand that user experience is really important. I think that's, that's one of the key things that Keenfeed probably brought to the world as well. Because you ha- if you cast your mind back five, five, six years ago when we started we had this simple idea that you click a link and you join and the audio is connected and you're good. No sign up, no extra process. And if you remember five, six years ago, that's when to use any of the conferencing tools, you had to create an account. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, one of the things we bought was just this kind of one click to join. And, and we take that for granted now in other apps and in other services that we find online. So, um, yeah, I think we were pleased, but it was just part of the essence of what we what we wanted to do. We realised it could be this simple, so we made it that simple. Just before I open it up for questions, let's talk briefly about accessibility and the journey that you've been on in that regard. Did you know about blind people using screen readers before we started approaching you, or have you been on a journey in terms of uh, evolving knowledge of accessibility? We've had a steady approach of um, of blind users of CleanFeed um, over the years. So um, I think we were really pleased when you contacted us and, and engaged because I think, as I've explained before, um, at least to you, Jonathan, is that um, for, for, for someone like myself using the screen reader, I, I, I may be able to read the manual and use the screen reader, it's, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean I know how to use a screen reader. It's a bit like playing chess, isn't it? I can know the rules yeah. of chess, but that doesn't mean I know how to play chess. And um, and so, yes, we, we, we'd been approached before and we'd, and we'd made um, minor modifications on the way because I think we just, again, it's part of that mission of just reaching, reaching people with, with, the, with the tool. Um, but, yeah, you, you gave us a little boost. And, and I've already made... You published your podcast last week, I think, and we listened mm. to that with interest. So we've already made a couple of changes. They're in the pipeline. I don't think they're fully released yet, but um, it's, it, it was great to hear the screen reader being used, uh, hear the text-to-speech, because I could, um, I could really understand what you were interacting with. So, um, so I hope we can get some improvements forthcoming as well. One of the really cool things about doing those demos or those walkthroughs is you actually come away knowing a bit more about the product than one did before. And I must say, I really <laughs> do like that USB uh, or the USB options, both for input and output. They just they're so powerful when you know what you're doing with them. Yeah, we've got some many of those additional audio routing things come from or routing. They come from um, uh, our use in the film industry and those kind of environments where people are um, so people are using CleanFeed to do um, ADR which is where you sort of re-soundtrack a film or TV show so you get the actors in and maybe you'll do the same for sort of background and those kind of things so so yeah all of these additional ways of, of live connecting audio to different places have been a real boon for people who are doing a sort of, I think we call it a sort of non-linear workflow where you're tracking stuff right into the editing app and you're editing as you go and you're assembling the scene as you go. I'm going to throw you both to the wolves now and (laughs) we're going to start off with one of the greatest wolves of them all, Gary O'Donoghue. Hi, Gary. Hey, Jonathan, and and hi both to to both Marks there, and to, actually, I mean, a number hi, of the questions I was going to ask. Hi, a number of the questions I was going to have been answered, but the first thing I wanted to say was thanks very much for the the product. It is amazing, um, and it really has come into its own for 
um, people like me. I'm a reporter coming to its own for people like me in the last, you know, uh, 18 months, and it, it's fantastic. And I was glad to hear that there's there's some active sort of work going on the safari thing because, um, you know, obviously when you you're trying to do an interview with someone who's just got an iPhone, um, you know. Um, they, they just want to use the most simple option yeah. possible and that, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and and I just want to reinforce Jonathan's um, accessibility thing. The, the, you know, the, the interface I find is absolutely fine, but it would be it would be great just to be able to navigate it a bit faster, just a little bit faster. Yeah. Uh, a bit, just a tiny productivity boost would make a. Um, an enormous difference um, and if you were considering an app in the future I think that's also great because we do um, I do a lot of live broadcasting from my I mean we we use system I, I work for the BBC and we use a system called Lucy Live quite often to do live injects into into studio and we're doing that all from an iPhone um, now sort of via via an app so a kind of an app version an app version at the interviewer's end obviously at the other end you do want it to be as as clean and simple as a as a clicking a link but yeah. um yeah. but that way but overall what a, what a fantastic and, and the, the quality is fantastic guys it really is very 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 pleased so in in this era as jonathan was saying of really shitty audio half the time <laughs> you, hear on, you hear on the radio say shitty on clubhouse <laughs> but thank you very much thank you very much you can multi-track edit that out well thanks for your yeah. can i just ask then so because because one the navigation is something that did come up in in jonathan's podcast um mm-hmm. and what i realized and if i'm understanding correctly uh, many of the folks who are blind or low vision are using a screen reader to um, you, you're given the headings on the web page to navigate to and we're not using those are we and I, I wondered about exploring the use of that is that the kind of thing that you mean when you say about making yeah, navigation I mean, easier obviously HTML headings uh, you know kind of coded in HTML and and the thing about screen readers is that they they can jump between those HTML headings with a keystroke so you can navigate a page very quickly to, to key things that the eye would be normally drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, just in, in terms of your thing, some of the some of the stuff at the top doesn't doesn't indicate that it is a, a kind of an active thing that can be clicked. So, for example, screen readers will normally say to you, uh, I don't know if you, your thing says or it should say audio button or clips button. It yeah. just says clips audio. And and if you're yeah. cursoring down a page in a screen reader, you just think, oh, that's just text. But actually, it's something that can be actioned. And and screen readers tend to say things like button or clickable yeah. or something like that to tell you, actually, you do something. Cause the, and, it, and it's quite important with those um, those <coughs> controls at the top of the page because what when you do, um, you know, press space bar on those or hit enter on those something changes further down the page that you know and you kind of have to yeah. know that's changed further down yeah. the page they do now skip if, button gary they uh oh, do now, they oh, now when you okay. go to the top well, you get changed. audio button clips button a few days. yeah well, that, that is, uh, that's exactly right that's but exactly but right. what they don't say which i think would be very handy is whether the button is selected or not so for example if you oh, if you press the audio button um, it doesn't say audio button selected when it's active, or or if you yeah. you've brought up the recording yes. screen, that that would be very. You want to know kind of what tab? It's, it's like being on a, a tab, isn't it? Effectively, yeah, that's right. And moving between well, tabs, you want to know which which tab is active. 
Yeah, that's that's something that did come across. And I was going to follow up with yeah. you, Jonathan, is it was clear that um, where we take them for granted that things are overlaid on the screen. So 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 they get some um, they get printed above a, a top of the main console for us. And um, right. and then and then the main console continues sort of semi very slightly transparently in the background. OK, well, you, your screen reader, of course, is not is not. It's seeing the, the the content that's hiding transparently behind as still present, and therefore asking yeah. you to navigate yeah. it. Whereas if you if you're you know for myself, I I don't I, I just see that merely as a sort of pattern in the background. Yeah. So so yeah, I think okay. we're gonna we're gonna have a little look into that's that. Interesting. Um, the, yeah. the buttons should be clearly labelled. There were some places where there's there's a key functionality like the mute and unmute that is implicit at the moment which Jonathan pointed out and i'm already prototyped up something which um which i'd sent to Jonathan actually um to expose that as a as more button based so so yeah so it's good to just yeah. just understand these things um but yeah i think i think we're on it for those things you're suggesting so yeah. um well, you mentioned about thanks again yeah. mm. Yeah, you Wonderful. mentioned about an app, and this is a question generally to the community here. Mm. Again, one of the reasons I think the web is important is it's had accessibility ingrained in at the, at the core. Now, I know that a lot of toolkits and things have built on top of that and perhaps hampered that accessibility a bit, but it would strike me that is, is an app not much less accessible than the web, or, or do you what, no. what's your experience? I, I, well, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what Jonathan thought, but generally speaking, an app such a sort of um, defined environment that um, that gen. I mean, for example, uh, um, uh, maybe I'm being a bit bold with this statement, but actually, the vast majority of apps you come across just work with accessibility, uh, and they're okay. defined. They have you know a, a defined pattern where you have often have tabs across the bottom. Uh, the labelling is quite straightforward, uh, and it's just—I don't know—I I, maybe it's just a sort of you know kind of what you're used to in a, in in a way. But but I find still kind of operating web pages on a phone uh, more more clumsy and cumbersome than I would using a, a self-contained app. But what, what do you think, John? I, I agree, and I think that for hosting in particular. A yeah. clean feed iOS app would be amazing. And um, if it's developed from the ground up, according to Apple's accessibility guidelines, it will just naturally be accessible. As long as you understand It'll what those accessibility box, guidelines yeah. are, uh, then it would yeah. be a very sweet experience. Yeah. Okay. Does, does, the, does clean feed come up as a mobile site on, on the phone? I don't know. I've only ever used it on the computer, but if you do it on the or phone the, as a host, does it come You can only come in as a guest and there's just a button that says, you know, um, right. access the microphone. And then you've got a couple of buttons for, you know, your settings. Right. And yeah, that's oh. fully accessible. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't yeah. host at the moment from iOS. From the phone. Yeah. No, oh, good. no gotcha, you can gotcha. only be guest. Yeah. It's, okay. it's good to know that. I mean, in a way, I'm pleased that the apps have had this accessibility stride. You know, they seem to be because cause my concern was that they, they may not be because um, cause one of the things that's happened, I suppose, in the last 15, 10, 15 years has been the, the sort of skinning of apps. Um, yeah. you, there used to be such an emphasis in development on mm -hmm. the desktops, didn't there, into uniformity across the apps to make them easy to use and easy to approach. And then and then, certainly in the last few years, that's that's all been blown away in favour of make it look cool. Um, I, th I think one of the things I notice is that there's so much, I mean, in the Windows environment I'm thinking about now, 
people seem, you know, with bespoke software that you get deployed in, in organizations like I work for, they seem to be using so many custom controls the whole time. And it, it may be something to do with look and feel and, and UI, but custom controls can often completely throw screen readers out. And there just seems to be yeah. less of that going on, for example, in iOS development or iOS app development that, okay. that the, you know, a slider is a slider. It tends to be a slider. A button tends to be a button. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're in the, when you're you, developing Gary. for those environments. Yeah, things are constrained, and it helps. Appreciate it. Let's go to uh, the other side. Of, oh no, Gary's on that side of the pond too. Michael Moran. Hi, Michael. Good afternoon. And uh, though I'm following one of my role models, Gary, a broadcasting role model, I'm <laughs> going to try not to. Whatever. No pressure. No uh, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank you, Jonathan, and thank you guys for doing this. Uh, I uh, tried using CleanFeed as an experiment the other day. So I am pushing my Shure SB7 microphone through uh, a Focusrite sound card. The person on the other end came through fine. Mine Mm. was staticky. At my end, it was staticky. To them and to me. Now, I'm wondering, is it my setup here that's doing that? Do you know? Um, not offhand. So we, um, the first thing to do if you're having trouble is we have a support email. So many people use our support. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, Mark. There's no, there's no sort of pathological issues, is there, with the with the particular interface or mic going on there? No. Right? I just understand it was your yeah. setup that was coming through oddly on the other side. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And then when so you, I so back you got the, the immediate. You could immediately hear that there was something not right. Um, but yeah, I just, couldn't hear it. They well, could hear it. But then yeah, when yeah. I heard it back, I could hear it. Ah, okay. That would yeah. probably suggest a local so, issue. Yeah, that's uh, unusual. By all means, because, yeah, yeah. get in uh, yeah, touch with support I mean, and I can jump on that for you and we, yeah. could, we could see what's going on. In a lot of users' cases where there is a custom um audio device i say custom a third party usb device um sometimes it's just a case of you're running an older driver for that sound card so upgrading that keeps chrome happy and things seem to iron themselves out so yeah um, I, uh, yeah i could look and see if there are any upgrades to the focus right but yeah uh, i think yeah, before doing that yeah, the way we would normally deal with a support request like that is we'd say, um, could you send over a short clip of the recording? Because usually that right. tells all you. You've said to us it sounds staticky, and um, and I suspect yourself yeah. and maybe many of the people here are familiar with different kinds of staticky sounds, you know, whether it's yeah, an, yeah, analo- an analog fault or a digital fault or whatever. Heavy. So usually... Usually we'd say, yeah, we've got the support email address. Send over, send over a short clip because that helps us yeah, deal with the issue. There was a little fuzz, really. is what I could then. Yeah, it, know, it starts it to like, sound like an analog. Oh. Well, it was fuzzy, so I don't, yeah. I don't you know, had a little yeah. on top of the the voice. I mean, you could understand my words, but still. So uh, I'm going to, uh, I'll do that. I'll come to the because this is a wonderful, uh, this is a wonderful app. And there's got great potential, and the clarity from the other end was phenomenal. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I was very happy. Good, that's the idea. Yeah. Get so. that clarity from the other end. But yeah, we need to fix your mic then. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you and you'll be so. surprised how many clips we hear, and and 
we've become so tuned to understanding exactly what the issue is just by listening to a piece of audio. So yeah, send it through and we can. Oh, great. My favorite, point in the my right favorite one is when people <laughs> have the wrong mic as well. Another another classic is to um, oh. is to have the you've got you've you've spent money on your expensive microphone, but you still have the laptop microphone selected. Um, and oh that's, yeah, that, that, that's usually the cause of quite a lot of analog sounding issues with people's microphones. Yeah, so. but everything is working out, uh, well, you know, and all my other recordings so that's why there you go your people can get in touch with their people (laughs) yeah (laughs) we'll we'll do lunch yeah all right thanks so much looking forward to that lunch thank Thank you you, michael if i were not going to be pinged for copyright i would be playing the little cool intro the funky intro to uh, from a great track off the beatles revolver album because we're going to talk to dr robert next hi robert hi jonathan (laughs) hey good to hear from you yeah, nice, hello, to, hello. nice to hear you as well. Thanks for such a wonderful program. I appreciate it. I have a brief follow-up question. I heard everything that you said about Safari. I'm a Mac uh, end-to-end podcaster. I do all of it on the Mac. Yeah. And I just wanted to know what the thoughts are about – I don't want to use Chrome on my Mac, but I might be willing to try – uh, the Microsoft Edge browser, which is also Chromium-based. Any yeah. thoughts about w- would that likely work equally as well with CleanFeed um, on the Mac or, or as the Google Chrome browser? Or just just curious about any thoughts about that. And I'll mute myself and listen to the answer. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we uh, we um, we're aware of a lot of people using um, using the Edge browser on Mac and Windows. Um, so we've published a browser compatibility page, which will keep up to date. Um, we we don't do what we call certification, which for us means that so we have a sort of test rig and we have folks. T- folks testing clean feed and um and uh we we don't do that process with the edge browser but we know a great number of people using it and using it effectively all we would say to you is is in that case try it use it but but do test it and specifically if you're planning on doing say long recordings and things test those leave a recording over lunch or or you know make a recording check that it isn't having having any issues so we don't do our certification process on that browser but we do know people are using it i'm using microsoft edge now on windows i've also used it with the brave browser which is also also chromium based um, i have an aversion to chrome for ethical reasons as well and i yeah. um have uh, no problem on either of those browsers so uh, your mileage may vary as they say yeah, yeah um, for us, for us, there's this thing with clean feed. You know, we're used in maybe a live broadcast environment. People doing sort of a live outside broadcast, for example, over it, and they they quite like to know well, what is? Can we just use the same browser as you? You know, and and so that's why we sort of have this recommended or certified browser. But um, but yeah, when it comes to as you say, Jonathan, it can be everything from ethical reasons to um, to just practical reasons of what platform. Then, um, then we reach a larger number of browsers for that. Yeah, and I mean, it's a dominant player. Uh, the, the Chrome has just this massive market share. Yeah, yeah. And uh, while we're talking about Mac, here's another Mac user coming up, Dominique McLawless. Hi, Dominique. <laughs> I, I like the Mick in there. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> it goes back to my Irish-Scottish heritage. Yeah. <laughs> um, hi, thank you so much for allowing me on stage. Hi, Dominic. I am still relatively new. Hi, I'm still relatively new to podcasting. One of the things that I have heard, I've heard, I hear about a lot of apps and programs and things like that for editing. And one of the uh, ones that I've been hearing about a lot in these podcasting groups on Clubhouse 
is to script and just kind of looking at, I jumped on your website and I jumped on their website and saw some similarities and some differences. And I'm wondering, you know, and I've, I've have not tested the accessibility of Descript yet, so I can't speak to it, but I'm wondering, you know, what are the, some of the main reasons, you know, to, to go with yours, to go with clean feed? Um, I am afraid I don't know how to answer that because I don't know um, about the other product. As um, far as I'm aware, it's a different tool entirely, uh, Dominic, because yeah. Descript is the one where you feed and uh, feed audio at it, and then it's supposed to allow you to edit audio as if it were text. Um, you can yes. you can delete things like that. So, so CleanFeed is a solution for recording audio only. Whereas what what you would do potentially is if when you've recorded your audio with CleanFeed, you might be able to feed it into Descript. But the last time I checked, it was completely inaccessible. Oh, that's always fun because uh, I know that's one of those things that it definitely it cleaned up the ums and the uhs and the you know coughing uh, okay. for guests and <laughs> yeah. so well I it did... could be that they there could be complementary tools there. So with CleanFeed, we haven't forced you to edit your podcast in a particular way. Okay, so CleanFeed, CleanFeed encompasses the recording of your podcast, and you can record with guests who are anywhere in the world. Okay, what we then do is give you an industry sort of standard wave file that comes out of that recording or or you can have a wave file per person your choice what you then go on to do with those wave files is up to you so if there is an online tool for editing that you like then you could use those files with it um, likewise if you if you prefer to use audacity or audition or you know whichever your tool of choice is to edit it we don't restrict that with clean feed okay so we we're focused on the recording part so you might find that you can use that tool if it appeals to you but yeah if jonathan says accessibility requirements might um, might be different. Yeah. Well, thank you for educating me on this. I really appreciate it. Good luck. I think you'll enjoy uh, using CleanFeed if you give it a shot, Dominique, because I know you've been having a go with, uh, with with Zoom on your podcast, and I think you will find there's a huge step up in, in audio quality, Ooh, and it's free I to try. So. Excellent. Yeah. And it should, I will give it a should go. just be a drop-in replacement almost in that case if you're if you're already recording a podcast using a conferencing tool then yeah the audio quality will suffer and clean feed can be a great drop-in replacement for that yeah excellent good luck i appreciate it Thank thanks you. and from dominique mclawless we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go to oren o'neill oh i tell you we we're getting very celtic here hi oren yeah. hi jonathan how are you super well good to have you here thank you very much uh good evening gentlemen I, Good evening. I'm, I'm going to be a li- I'm going to be a little bit critical, so sorry. Yeah. No, we've had it a bit too easy um, to now. So uh, <laughs> you guys have been very complimentary. So, so yeah, fire away. Okay, I have I have two questions. Um, first is just about clips uh, and the pro version. Are they? Do you support stereo? In other words, when I get my file back, uh, the within the multitrack file. Is that clip file going to be in stereo or mono? And is it going to play out in stereo or mono when recording? Yep. Okay. Um, the second question is the, is, is the critical one, the <laughs> second observation. I've noticed a couple of times during this, uh, this session that there has been a little bit of audio dropout from both of you. Okay. And it's not necessarily to do with what's happening live right now because i also heard it with uh, jonathan's uh, recording of can uh, last week on the on the podcast recording where i was listening to it um 
And I'm just wondering, why would that be occurring? Or why would I switch from what I have now, which is to, to record my interviews and my participants locally, knowing that if it's on a local machine, the audio quality is going to be better. Can you define the dropout you're hearing on? Because for me, it has been absolutely rock solid. Tiny bit of every now and again. Now, it's maybe only happened about three times during the during the uh, the room opening. There's just a tiny bit of the last the end of a sentence or the beginning of or the beginning of a word has just been clipped so that could be a noise gating issue perhaps well if if it if could, there's a noise gate in in in, in in enabled go ahead mark well i was going to say if jo- jonathan if you're not hearing those then i think it's very reasonable to diagnose here that what's happening is that's cuz cuz we're feeding the result of this into clubhouse okay and um I, whilst Clubhouse, I'm sure, is absolutely great tool, it's probably not got the same emphasis on audio. So if Jonathan isn't hearing the dropouts that that, um, that Owen, you were saying you were hearing, then um, then it sounds to me like it's it's just that the, the the network quality of Clubhouse is not at the same standard as CleanFeed. So to the whole audience here, you are not hearing CleanFeed in its full open audio quality. Now, when Jonathan, when you publish, you're going to publish, I think, a podcast yes, right. of this yes. or something. Are you? Yeah. yeah, that's when you will hear the hear the audio quality. So um, yeah, but so I, I'm sorry to sorry to pull you up on this, but that's my point. The the interview that Jonathan did with Can last week on the Roadcaster oh. Pro, when yeah. I when I played that back. Uh, via the podcast, the podcast uh, feed on Apple Podcasts, there were, I was hearing the same very occasional dropouts, and okay. that would have been the clean feed recording, not the clubhouse ah, yeah. recording. Okay, so yeah, that so, would, if you're describing and, and, a separate, yeah, uh, um, yeah, okay. So, uh, well, it, it, sorry, uh, so yeah, no, it's fine. Sorry, so we we. Um, we're going to be slightly limited by network conditions if the network um, isn't up to scratch. If what you're saying is you prefer a local recording, then there's nothing to stop you doing that whilst you're using CleanFeed, of course. So if CleanFeed's going to give you that extra audio quality to get to get engagement with somebody, um, you may, if you like, you can still... We're not going to stop you taking taking a local audio recording. But yeah, fundamentally with CleanFeed, if the network quality isn't isn't up there... Um, then, then that's exactly. I assume that the sound you're describing is probably what it sounds like when when there's a, a, a small network drop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Though I have to say, I'm not hearing it, and we're on a gigabit fiber connection here. So. Um, oh well, yeah, yeah. So it seems like yeah. there's a different problem. Yeah. What you're saying is on the recording from last time. Um, yeah. If 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 that's what happened during the recording, then. Um, but but yeah, right now we are. Well, how many miles away are we, Jonathan? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah. probably as far away on the globe as it is physically possible to be i think mm. aren't we were almost at exact i, I, I just wish i could so. uh, sort of hear the problem that orange referring to because for me it's it's rock solid i mean it's it's like you could be in the studio here well um, we we can we can obviously never guarantee rock solid because we are limited by the quality of networks involved and things but yeah. um, but yes the practical use of these tools should is and should be that they that, that, that they're not susceptible to to things dropping like i say if you're concerned about that carry on doing local recordings but but swap out your conferencing tool for clean feed and you'll get that extra engagement with the guests i think 
Did yeah, you want to comment on the stereo uh, clips that Oren was asking about? Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, if your session is set to, now in the menus, it's under the, under the audio uh, menu option. When it's set to speech optimized, your recording and your transmission of audio is in, in mono um, for speech optimized. If you flick that over to music optimized, that changes everything into stereo. And that's everything from what you're receiving and transmitting all the way to what's being recorded as well. So your clips in that instance will be recorded in, in stereo. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. that's exactly, yeah. I, 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 there's a fair few um, applications that uh, do ha- offer soundboards, but they're not uh, recording the output in stereo. Uh, so I need a I need a system that will play out in stereo. What well, not necessarily doesn't have to play out in stereo, but it's ideal. But certainly the file I need coming back in needs to be a stereo uh, file back into my DAW. Okay. Yeah, and I indeed, Clean Feed has been used for sort of ST, like studio transmitter links. So people have literally streamed music back to radio stations in stereo. Yeah, if you use the music optimized, then the remote do they absolutely do hear in crystal clear stereo. It's quite amazing when you when you first experience it as well. Um, I, that I, doesn't Mark, affect I, the the sorry to cut across you, but that doesn't affect the dialogue quality whatsoever. Uh, no. You'll find that music optimized is speech optimized with knobs on, basically. So um, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 going to increase the requirements on the network and various things. But in both those cases, we've tried to choose the the most appropriate settings. The one final thing I was going to say is, Mark, I think we'd have to I'd have to double check this in the code and, and doing an experiment would very quickly give you the answer. I think we may even record the clips track in stereo, even if the session is set to speech, speech optimized. Um, okay. because because typically clips may contain, you know, typically idents and jingles and things do contain stereo content. So you may find it's already stereo, even in speech optimized in the recording. Okay, well, I'll give it a, I'll I give can, it a try. Um, thank you very much for your, your uh, answers and your time. Thanks and so thank much. You, thanks, Oren. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for your feedback. Really appreciate it. And we're going all around the world with this thing. So Brian is up next. Hi, Brian. Hey guys, um, thanks so much, you know, for your commitment to accessibility. As all of us in here know, not all developers get it, so I really do appreciate it. Um, We've been contemplating for my show making the switch to clean feed, and this could possibly be a simple answer. We have a decent amount of celebrities on our show, and obviously with them, they're uber concerned about privacy and security. And after our latest incident with Zoom, the Zoom quality of our interview at the end was really crapping out sore. How do you suggest approaching with Zoom being such a household name and most of our guests probably will not be able to be familiar with CleanFeed? Is there any way you suggest easing their concern? Well, what is this CleanFeed thing for security purposes after we finish the interview? That sort of thing. Yeah, I can see... 
Your conundrum here, I don't think, is unique, particularly when you get to A-listers and, you know, a certain class of celebrity. Typically, you're not inviting the celebrity, are you? You're sending an invite to their agent and their agent is forwarding it and we so do with on. both. Some of them are personal relationships of mine and others are through agents, managers or publicists, correct? Yeah. And then you're also in a collision with... You know, sometimes a good tool is the tool people are familiar with. And um, we certainly know that um, I, I can't speak for the BBC, of course, because I'm not uh, within the BBC. But I do know that they've, um, they're doing a lot more sort of public uh, content from, from via conferencing, via standard tools like Zoom that people are familiar with. There, there comes a point where the quality is or can be good enough relative to to the content that's being made um but yes when you're interviewing a-listers bands all these people who really by now should have a good mic i i, I would suggest twisting the arm of their publicist and saying if these people are doing a lot of interviews they actually come across so much better on a tool like clean feed um I know that there's, um, it's something that we found within the music industry, particularly in the UK, where people, um, people are getting familiar with clean feeders. Actually, this is how we, this is how we do interviews because we come across better and we've got some good equipment um, to do it. Um, the other thing maybe to emphasise as well is that we don't, if you're sending someone a simple clean feed invite and they're pressing the start button, they aren't supplying any personal information at the point where they're, um, at the point where they're joining. So, um, and then the conversation is encrypted in transit. Um, but of course, if they're recording something that's going to be publicly broadcast, they're probably less interested in that aspect. Um, so yeah, you're not alone in your, in your conundrum and your, your concerns here. I think we just need wider acceptance of clean feed, but also a general wider um, awareness of just how much of a difference audio quality makes to someone who is publicizing something. Yeah, I'd like to give a counter view to this too, uh, and, and that is that some people on certain installations, particularly, you know, name-dropping Zoom here, uh, they, they went through a bit of a security bad patch. And what I found is that when I explain clean feed to people, it's just a web page. There's a link you click. If you've never used it before, it'll invite you to uh, accept permission to use the mic. And that's all there is. There's nothing to install it's just a link you click and go to. What I've actually found is that, you know, with some quite senior people that I've talked to in various industries, they embrace that. They like the idea that there's nothing to install and seem quite happy with that. But you do have to talk them through it in the right way. That's well, cool. That's to good to hear. You ins installing Chrome if they don't have that. So. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and okay, yeah, and that same old... Um, We'll continue to expand the support for the browsers, yeah. Um, because yes, yeah. If they, if they don't have Chrome, although at least I think people feel installing Chrome is less of a. It's it, certainly if they were installing some tool they'd never heard of, that would be um, sure. Yeah, yeah. and for Mac users, that's a bigger that. deal because, of course, Microsoft Edge, the new Chromium-based one, is on everybody's version of Windows if they're keeping current, and ninety-ish percent of the yeah. world runs Windows, so. Yeah, but, yeah. but certainly, if, if you're getting a Mac guest in, then it is a bigger deal for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we're actually a Mac-producing uh, household here, but, uh, you know, this is more concerning for the guests. That's right, yeah. So, yeah. so chances so are, your guest will be Windows. In amongst a lot of yeah. this Safari-enabled um, uh, 
I, f- I feel like maybe Mark, maybe what we need is a, not a petition. That's the wrong word. But, um, but, but when we, we we will we will contact Apple and say we have this tool called CleanFeed. Lots of people care about it working on Safari, and it can't work for these reasons, or you know it can't be fully featured for these reasons, or this is not being reliable. It's almost like we need the community to contact Apple directly themselves, saying we we want clean feed to be brought to safari because it's very clear from this conversation that it's something that's important to a lot of people um well there's so, nothing you, apple enjoys more than hearing from blind people <laughs> <laughs> especially this one yeah. <laughs> but yeah certainly it, there's certainly no issue leverage yeah. yeah, certainly no issue with folks chipping into Apple and saying, I mean, maybe what we need to do is publish uh, perhaps almost a very precise list of, of what's missing to, to, <laughs> yes, to get things to work so that, so, that, yeah. so that folks within the clean feed community and in this case within the blind community can say, say, this is what's important to us and we are the end users. We are the people who actually buy the machines who actually care. Yeah. I think that would be good to have that kind of transparency so people understand and can advocate to Apple. I think that would be a great move. Yeah, the, the emphasis I think is definitely that we don't dislike Safari. I think some people are yeah. like, why don't you support Safari? You obviously just don't like it. And it's like, well, that's, yeah. you know, it's it's the opposite. CleanFeed works everywhere except in places that don't have enough, enough functionality. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a bit of Thanks, a silver yeah. lining here. No worries. I was just going to say a bit of a silver lining here is that Apple are on the right track. They're not ignoring this, um, the, these advancements that, that, is, that are required. So it's, they're some of their latest builds and that are looking really promising. So I can, gi- I can give you that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just on, they have their own timescale and obviously we can't dictate how they, how they release it. So watch the space. Thank you, Brian. I know it's 9 p.m. where you guys are, and I don't want to keep you too long. I did bring Can onto the stage, so if it's okay, we'll take him, and then we will uh, wrap so you guys can, can get some sleep. Um, <laughs> so my apologies to everybody. We oh, didn't good. get I to. think we're enjoying it. No worries. Oh, you, well, if you want to keep going, we can keep going. I just don't want to take, take, well, we'll take, take advantage. A, we'll take a couple more. But, all right, but, all right. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to Can then. Hi, Can. Hello. Good evening to everyone. Uh, first of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, I think Mark is the correct name. <laughs> yeah, so, easy uh, to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, before I start, let me uh, give a small comment. Uh, Oren said that there's some dropouts uh, about our uh, previous conversation about Roadcaster Pro. I think maybe it depends on my configuration because there was some background noise and I have enabled some noise gate feature. Yes, uh, I was thinking then. Yeah. yeah, I think it depends on my configuration because clean feed is uh, very uh, clean. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, not a surprise. Yeah, so. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, there we so go. I we have, have some uh, sleuthing then. Maybe we know the answer now then. <laughs> yes, you, your over-aggressive noise gate. I have a dial here for a noise gate. I can do the same. <laughs> sorry for that. Yeah, sorry to, to being a reason for that. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, okay. First of all, um, after publishing the uh, review for Clean Feed by Jonathan, one of my friends would like to wants me to ask there, uh, do you have plan to localize Clean Feed in other languages for the future? And my second question is, do you have a way to use an API or provide an API to, you know, uh, embed or use Confeed within an application like a calendar to automatic link or invitation creation or something else? Uh, My last question is, what is the best channel to communicate with you? Because I have some uh, special thing to discuss uh, with the, you know, 
management. What is the best one? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Hang on, there was three questions there. So, what was the first one? Yeah, the first one was. Uh... Yeah, I don't want to you know take more time for for other waiting people. <laughs> that's all right. No, that's all right. I've just lost track of. Hang on, what was the first question? I'm already hung up on the third okay, question. Okay, the first, so. the first, in, it is for localization. Yeah. Oh, localization, yeah, in different multiple yep. languages. So, languages. so we yeah. haven't um, we haven't implemented direct support for localization in CleanFeed. What mm-hmm. my understanding of the states right now is that the in-browser translation makes an excellent job of doing the translation, which is um, mm-hmm. I suspect why that's been prioritised accordingly. Now, if anyone has any information to the contrary, there, much like our work with uh, text-to-speech and screen readers, I think it would be good to know if there are parts of the UI that are not localising correctly uh, in that scenario, no, and if that's the yeah, it, it's it, it, the translation is open. You know, it is. Uh, there is no problem for the screen reader to using another language within the browser or within the web page. I just ask uh, this question upon, uh, according to my friend's question, uh, and yeah. yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, the second one about API. Um, oh, and yeah, incorporating. So, so the the current way you invite folks in CleanFeed has has um, been around for a long time, and it's sort of stood the test of time. But I think we're aware that it's. Um, uh, that it's it's very simple, which is both its strength and can, for some cases, be its weakness. Um, so, if you have, uh, w- I think we we we've done various experiments internally and considering considering how we and what we do with the, with the invitation process. If you have any feedback, mm-hmm. there's a feedback email address on the website. It's feedback at cleanfeed.net. I think we would love mm-hmm. to to know for different folks' workflow what their optimum way of inviting people would be. For some people, I think almost like you say, it is almost a calendaring. It's almost scheduling a meeting, isn't it, for some people? Yeah, for example, to, um, to customize invitation email and sometimes, for example, if an if an API request, you know, it can be done, uh, you know, and maybe it is possible to uh, specialize the text that we are sending with in the invitation email. I know that it is possible yeah. to getting, uh, getting a link and uh, pasting it within an email, but to trigger something automatically, just uh, oh, yeah. wonder that. Yeah, and no. if, if you're scheduling a meeting uh, where you're going to have multiple guests and you're sending a calendar invitation, it would be really good to have one option where you could send a single, that, yeah. a single URL Maybe and, and, and then and then invite people to enter their name when they come into the session. Yeah. So, so one of yeah. the reasons we haven't done that to date was just um, it was touched upon earlier, where you know. If you rejoin the session, you'll rejoin your existing recording track and things. Right. So, okay. so there's there's actually okay. cool stuff we do through uniquely identifying the person. So, mm-hmm. the challenge is to get all these things. We we want to have our cake and eat it. And I think the only way we do that there are, there are no real technical issues around supplying these sorts of changes. Like you've seen them in other in other web services and other apps. So everything is possible. Usability mm-hmm. is key here, and um, and we don't want to give with one hand but take away something with the other. So, um, let us know via feedback what would be. Um, I think we're up for hearing from 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 all folks on, okay. on what what their workflow okay. would consist yeah. of. Yours with your API requirement that's very specific, and I'd love to hear by email specifically what you have in mind for that too. I think that would no, be it's cool. it's, it's so. a different topic, but uh, yeah, the last one. What is the best way to communicate directly with you? <laughs> <laughs> feedback yeah, so the email email email. Net. yeah yep. the email addresses okay, are on the Jonathan website uh, yeah 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 get that email in feedback at cleanfeed.net there'll be a bulging email box tomorrow <laughs> i'm sure yeah. 
<laughs> yes, I'm worried. I'm worried about this now. Maybe. <laughs> no, it, okay, just try and so use. Much. There's thank there's you. three email addresses on the site, and it's really cool if folks can just email the relevant one, uh, um, yeah. and then and then that helps us and the other rest of the team here just just filter okay. things and thank prioritize because your... we get quite a lot thank of emails. So yeah, if we don't if we don't reply instantly, I apologize. But yeah, some of the no email no problem. Go ahead. <laughs> no so. problem. Thank, thank you, so you Ken. I appreciate it. Thank you. Right, let's see if we can Thanks, get a couple more. Uh, Satorna is next. Hi there. Hello. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I love this calendar uh, integration idea. Wow. God, yeah. that'd be amazing. Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> Hello, Tona. Thanks. Yeah, nice. But, wow, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I have not dug too deeply in the clean feed. Do you have um, an ability to save settings so that you know can i create templates so that if i'm on the phone i can just click on a menu item and click you know phone or if i'm on my pc i can just click pc or if i'm on the mac or am i literally setting up the input output and all that kind of stuff every session okay so the the inputs and outputs and things will be um remembered between sessions as long as you're using the same computer or the same login on the same computer um, so we don't expect you to set all those things up. Another cool thing about CleanFeed is you can bookmark uh, any page, whether that's an invite to somebody else or to join somebody else's session or whether that's your own studio console. You can um, you can save that as a bookmark or, or you know maybe make a shortcut on your desktop or things if that helps you. Um, so, yeah, that combined with the remembering the settings, I hope leads to there being not much setup. You're really just left. I mean, for most people, 99% of people's use of CleanFeed consists of logging in, sending the invite to somebody, and then waiting for them to join. And hopefully it's not much more complex than that. And is that sending an invite uh, something I'm going to do right before a meeting? So it sounds like I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to add that to my calendar event. I'm not going to do it 24 hours in advance and when I put my calendar event together, add that link in. So you, so you have a choice. Um, you can do it in advance. Uh, for example, okay. we were appearing on Jonathan's session this evening, and Jonathan sent us those um, sent us our invites on Wednesday. Um, so you you can do just that. Uh, if you are going to do that, then we recommend using the option. There's an option called Ask to Accept Connection. Okay. And there's an accessibility requirement comes in here. But um, but what that means is that people can't immediately join and start hearing what you're doing and, and start speaking to you. They'll appear on they'll appear in the clean feed studio and um, there are two buttons. There's a button to accept and there's a button to deny them. OK, uh, so that helps you control who's coming in. So you can send invites in advance. We just recommend that you then put that extra control but yeah, now, Jonathan, I think one of the things that came up in your podcast last week, wasn't it, was that um, that it can be a little bit difficult if something, if a new participant appears on the screen and that you have this prompt because the screen reader won't necessarily make you aware that. Yeah, that's, it would um, be nice to have an ARIA message that pops up and says that somebody's joined the session. Um, the other thing, uh, Satwana, you might like to check out is episode 21 of the Blind Podmaker feed because there's about an hour long demo walkthrough of Clean Feed, why you would use it and how to use it, and that yep. might be quite helpful. Thank you. I think I think we'd we'd love to. Um, I I would love to understand. Yes, exactly. What notification we've we've been rather yeah. 
we've deliberately with CleanFeed not over notified because there's nothing worse than those apps that are like ping, ping, you know, oh, telling yes. you something's happening. And blind people are very um, aware of over talky mm-hmm. apps trying to be overly helpful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can imagine. So, so we do have uh, notifications appear on the bottom of the, of the screen console. And I'm not sure you're made aware of those um, with your screen read or text to speech. So, um, you mentioned about OEM messages. I, I think we can look into that. We're probably already channeling the notifications to the right place. We just need to make sure that they're accessible. Turn them into a live region or something like that, I think, might be the magic trick. But yeah. Sorry yeah. for interrupting. I will also post an email right now, and it will contain which area code must be used for. Uh, as a web developer, I will share some documents and some examples. To allow oh, you to fantastic. Uh, check that which which we need, uh, you know, which area code do you need to enable within the code? Yeah, it's it's very yeah. basic and easy. Yeah, very good. good. That would be appreciated because I yeah we we tend to work mm-hmm. through various docs that are available. But again, it's 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 like the example I gave of of, of playing chess. We can we can yeah. we can put these mm-hmm. things in the right place, but we don't really have the. It's your your valuable experience of how that actually behaves for you. In no reality. problem. It's I'm important. happy to work with you to make it success accessible because I'm developing you know web apps and uh, by connecting with W3C, and I will uh, share all the documents that you need. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. Let's go to one more speaker and then we'll uh, let these good people go uh, and we'll talk to Paul next. Hi. Uh, Hello. Thank you for inviting me on stage and glad to hear from both of you, Marks, and from Jonathan, uh, as always. Uh, And uh, yeah, thank you for this introduction to CleanFeed and uh, showing us what it is and explaining about it. Uh, we have had some experiences in the podcasts where I'm a part in the podcast I'm a part of uh, some three four years ago, and the biggest uh, say issue that we have found is that exactly what has been just addressed a moment ago. I just wasn't expecting it would come up that uh, we didn't seem we had enough control over what is happening in real time and in live broadcasting situations. Uh, this was quite um, unexpected. Sometimes what was happening. Uh, we had guests, okay. for instance, who were whose connections dropped, and they would come back, and then the mute, the mute switch that is on by default or was at the time with all guests would kick in again, and we would call out to the guests, but we wouldn't realize that the person dropped out and came back, and we had to unmute them. And first, we had to realize they were muted in the first place, so it was a moment of awkward silence where <laughs> we had to call out. There was silence, and then we looked. Oh, this person was muted again. So I guess uh, this this area well, it's, alerts it's, that were suggested. Yes. Well, I wonder. Um, do you know how many years ago that was that you were doing that? Um, was that a long time three, ago? I think three three years. Yes, two thousand. Okay. Yeah. So it's at the order of years. I suspect change. what it is. So when Clean Food was um, far more in its infancy, additional guests were muted by default. Okay. And that mm-hmm. goes back from even before then where CleanFeed, so the very early CleanFeed, could only interact with one guest at a time. You're going back many years. This is long since now you can interact with all your guests at once. But So there was some history where you could interact with one guest at a time and you could select between the guests and therefore guests were started muted. So, so I suspect the behaviour you're talking about is probably just from a long, long time ago. Uh, so I would suggest just to try it again. Um, now guests join, they will be unmuted by default. But if, if the guest has muted themselves, those settings are, um, are remembered. Okay. 
Um, yes. And you'll see that displayed on the screen. It'll say clearly that the guest has muted themselves versus whether you have muted them. Um, and, and that's displayed in text. Uh, so that will, will be relevant to the, to the, to the text-to-speech as well. Former British Prime Minister Harold Wilson once said that a week is a long time in politics, and I tell you, three years is an eternity in technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a nice reminder of how of the roots of where we've come, though, really, which is, um, you know, the emphasis the emphasis um, when we first started when we published the first versions of CleanFeed, the emphasis was point to point live links, and. Yes, I'd actually, I'd forgotten about that, that the technology in the browser was sufficiently limiting that we couldn't deliver multiple people um, uh, concurrently speaking, even though we could keep them on the, on the line. So, uh, yeah, it's a reminder of, uh, that is a long time, isn't it? It's lots changed. Mm. Wonderful. Yes. Give another shot and mm-hmm. let us know how you get on. Um, could you come again, please? Yeah, give it another try and um, see how you go uh-huh. with it. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely will. So it's it's good to know because I thought it was an inten- intended behavior, so there was no need to change anything. But uh, if we speak history, then it's history. That's good to know. I think so. But um, you you may find it, the new behavior. You know, we're still willing to we still love to receive feedback on the new behavior. You may find some combination of the controls gives you additional power as well over what you need. Mm. But that actually made me aware that how important it is for, especially for screen reader users, to have a quick overview over um, who is at what state and what's happening. This is why I will be really looking forward to the alerts. And looking a bit ahead, I'll try to explain this quickly, uh, something you might be interested in as well. I know it's a bit probably further on your journey towards accessibility because it's a bit more complex. But there is technically a possibility, and especially some bigger messaging apps do it, to use ARIA in such a way that the keyboard is guided where to land when keys are pressed. So theoretically, by moving with the arrow keys, it's possible to move between different uh, list elements, for example, the guests in the show, and here's something like um, Jonathan muted, whatever, and you can press M for mute, for example, and the person will be muted or unmuted again. And this will resemble to the most extent a native application, which add something in the discussion what's better native apps or web apps it's possible it's hard but it's possible to model web apps in such a way that for a screen reader user the behavior is quite much alike to the native apps on the pc and i think it's something to consider for the future um, to make the productivity even greater i know it's a bit difficult it's a bit more advanced technology but um also, many companies who have gone this route have published their own examples on GitHub. So I suppose it will be easier to just get inspired for the future like this. And uh, it, it will definitely make the life easier. Yeah. May I ask a question here then? Is um, I can imagine, you know, we've looked at key presses both from a, a blind or low vision, but also just for users generally. And, and we've steered, we steered away from that. For the general um, for the general population that's using a touch screen um we didn't see that we saw that adding key presses can 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 lead to accidents or um it can be can be a somewhat error prone as, as a person using um using a screen reader is it preferred to have key
keyboard shortcuts that are contextual, like you say, or is it just preferred to have very good text-to-speech, text-to-speech descriptions of things? Which which of those is the emphasis on in the community then? Um, I don't know if others could agree with me, uh, but my understanding is that both is possible and achievable. Uh, something I experienced, for instance, with Microsoft Teams, it's possible to explore it both uh, with the whole HTML structure that is available. That means I can jump via headings, find edit boxes and such. But I can also switch on the forms mode, which is uh, another mode in the screen reader that is mostly used for typing in text so that the letters are not swallowed by the screen reader to jump to headings with H, for example. But the input is directly passed over to the browser. And in this mode, uh, the app looks completely different because tap and shift tap moves in between the different uh, toolbars and arrow keys navigate between items on each toolbar, uh, which is a behavior specifically designed within the area structure of the website by the developer. Mm, but I can, every time I want, switch off this mode and navigate the regular structure with headings and edit boxes and all the controls again, if I so wish. Okay. So I, this I, is Satana, and if I can jump in for a second, this is this is an issue. I think there is never a, <laughs> there is rarely a time where keyboard shortcuts are a bad thing. I agree. Uh, particularly <laughs> when particularly when you get into web apps. I mean, the more complicated the app, <clears throat> the more navigation I'm going to have to do. If I have no keyboard shortcuts, I have to navigate everything. If you think about as a sighted user, you got a screen in front of you, you got a mouse in front of you. you, you if you're if you're using uh, a computer with a mouse, or even you got a touch screen, you have the entire screen under your eyes at any given time. I've got a single element and I've got to navigate, move to the thing that yeah. I want to use. So it is never a bad idea to implement keyboard shortcuts, not only on your desktop apps, but as you develop iOS apps, plenty of people use keyboards or braille displays with their iOS slash Android devices. So yes, keyboard shortcuts, hands raised in celebration. <laughs> I wanted yeah, to ask, so it, it, how, are, how are they actually presented to you? Are you sort of introduced to them as soon as you use the app for the first time? It gives you an overview of what you can use, or is it something you normally go hunting about for? Sometimes people put the keyboard shortcut in the text label. Like if you've got a, a button and a keyboard shortcut activates the button, then sometimes it's in the text description. But at other times, there's just a document that, that contains a kind of a cheat sheet okay. of keyboard commands that you commit yeah. to memory. Yeah. The one thing I would also say here is that this is a, a really classic example for me of how accessibility benefits everybody. Because if you look at yes. some of the power user blogs and things, one of the things that people love about um, Reaper or any number of digital audio workstations is the keyboard shortcuts. And yep. when you get into the power user thing, which is really you know a, a key market for clean feed, you will see articles about all sorts of services where people say, throw the damn mouse away and get familiar with the keyboard and you'll be much more efficient. And I think it will be a huge selling point to tell people that clean feed now has keyboard commands so that you don't have to hold the mouse and you know, click the button. You can just push Control R for record or, or whatever it might be. And particularly where the clips are concerned, um, just being able to have those clips. I'd like to be able to load a, a bank of clips with a particular session. So I might be yeah. hosting a podcast regularly and uh, I have an intro and an outro and a few jingles and things. And I want that loaded into a bank of clips for that particular yeah. recording project to have all those yeah, on the, keyboard um, shortcuts. Beautiful. 
the Farago app that um, Rogue Amoeba do that has those has that ability. You can load stuff into their kind of pads and assign them to you know to numbers one one to nine and through letters as well. So you can just yeah. play them. Yeah. Yeah, I also yeah. completely agree with uh, with Jonathan and and also it is possible to add some HTML uh small code uh, snips to uh say the assigned keyboard shortcut to screen leader user without showing it on the screen. So for example, when when user press a down arrow for for mute button, you can hear mute alt plus m blah blah. It is possible to implement it as well by HTML. So there you go. That's some useful feedback. Good, useful. Yeah. Thank you. Just yeah, before that's we wrap up, hugely can, useful. Thank you. Because we've been, you've been very generous with your time. I do want to follow up briefly on a question that somebody asked about remembering your settings, and I do like the fact that it does. So yesterday, for example, I had a particular configuration for this clean feed session. I logged in, so I wasn't under any kind of time pressure. Set clean feed up the way I needed it to be for this session. And then I just logged in and it was all still there. Um, when I brought Neil Ewers on for that Clean Feed podcast that we did, he had never been a guest on a Clean Feed session before. Yeah. Uh, is, is that remembered too? So once you've got yourself set up as a Clean Feed guest for the first time, if you're a Clean Feed guest in subsequent sessions with a different person, are those settings retained too? Yes. Yeah. So Neil's guest settings will be retained if he is a guest to somebody else. Okay. Yep. Right. We if won't... he's a studio, then he will. Then it will recover his settings from his from his studio. We've we've been in the design of CleanFeed quite selective about where settings are remembered. Okay. So in general, settings that are specific to the system that you are on. So for example, which sound card you've chosen and things will be remembered, but only on that system. So that also helps people who are working on, maybe they've got their laptop and maybe they've got their desktop. It'll remember different settings for audio interfaces and things on those. Hopefully it's just transparent to you. You use it and it's remembering the correct settings in the correct place. So yeah, in this exact case, you're saying, if I'm a guest, it uses my guest settings and it remembers those. That is very useful to know. And, you know, um, I just think CleanFeed is, is a fantastic tool. It's a great credit to you, and I thank you for giving up your Sunday evening to talk with us so openly uh, about not just CleanFeed in general, but accessibility specifically. It's been a very informative chat, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And perhaps as uh, CleanFeed develops, we can uh, have you back at some future point and talk about uh, things that might be happening in the accessibility realm. Yeah, I think it's it's been our pleasure to be here. I think Mark hasn't it, and um, yeah, thanks for you guys me. have been really great and really welcoming, and you're such a wonderful community with the feedback and things. So um, yes, we, we we're really really pleased if we can um, provide what we do. And yeah, if you haven't experienced Clean Feed yet, to, to, to folks who are listening to this on on um, Clubhouse, if you haven't spoke, if you haven't experienced Clean Feed yet, then um, then, then do it soon and, and um, hopefully you will be blown away by the audio quality and that will give you something, some engagement that, that you haven't get before. And yeah, sign up. Uh, it's free to sign up and get started at cleanfeed.net. Cleanfeed. Yeah, we didn't get the website in there until now. Cleanfeed.net is where you go. <laughs> well, that's my plug at the end. Yeah, so good on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, if you would like to discuss any of these issues and anything to do with podcasting from a blindness perspective, don't forget we do have the email group. It's a really friendly community. 
people are happy to help one another out. And if you want to subscribe to that, you can send a blank email to creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. That's creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. And we'll see you next week for another Blindcasters, a Podcasters Roundtable. <laughs>